0: To the pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker, and this week we don't have Freddie rivas We have filling in for Freddie, uh, friend of the show. She uh covers the Toronto Raptors for with Raptors HQ. She's also a rising comedian in Toronto, just like Freddie and I. It's Chelsea Late. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for filling in. You are our first guest on this podcast. Friday and I have just been plowing through these episodes for uh, about two years now. Uh, We're going to be coming on our two year anniversary soon. And, you know, And then Freddie has been busy with Second City. So Mm -hmm. shout out to him. He's doing Second City main stage, I believe, as an understudy at the moment. So uh, I'm really happy that we have you to fill in. You know what? I'm turning on my ring light after all. So for all of you listening, we're recording uh, Wednesday afternoon in Toronto. And there are major, like, thunderstorms happening. And it is just, like, a weird, bizarre thing right now where during this podcast you might hear thunder like it's been so loud. And <laughs> uh as I was recording or as we started I was like, yeah, I don't need my ring light. This is great. And then it just got ominously dark on me. So, you know, that's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> All good. Um so this week has been pretty wild because we had the NCAA women's final And we don't typically talk about the NCAA on here. I mean, Freddie and I go on and on about how we cover two leagues already, and we don't have time for a third. Oh, that's so much better. And, uh, you know, we don't have time to cover like a third league, this and that and the other. But we've also been talking about how much the NCAA women's game in particular is so important to women's basketball at large. And this week was just such a massive week with uh, with LSU winning the championship. And as well, I don't know if it's my algorithms because I've been covering the game more, but I just feel like I've been getting more coverage this year. Like this year, for whatever reason, just felt like a bigger deal to me. Is that the same with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been covering it for a couple of years Um But this year just felt huge. Like, I felt like everybody was talking about it. Whereas, like, two years ago when I first started, there was literally nobody tweeting about it, nobody doing anything about it. So it's crazy to see how much it's grown just in, like, Mm -hmm. two years hmm how's my face now it's
0: like way bright
1: right brighter way brighter
0: but like in a good way or like yeah, i'm, a, no, ghost, a, I'm a ghost now okay.
1: no it's like there's no glare either like i feel like i'm like literally bouncing back so much light because i'm just like shiny and glasses and all the thing but
0: Oh again Figuring out the home setup is a whole thing, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I I agree. Like I just feel like um, it's grown a lot, like you said, especially in the last two years. But I felt like this year I was seeing even more like NBA crossover coverage of the women's game, which I haven't seen in a lot of years. I think mainly in part to what uh, Caitlin Clark kind of bursting out as well and having like a huge breakout year. Um, for me personally, I just feel like every time I watch something NCAA, I feel like I'm just contributing to some sort of like conservative agenda, you know. <laughs> Because it's just like, you know, it's like exploitive and all these different things. And then we just decide we don't care anymore. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I I just and then I don't have that like because I don't know if it's just because I'm Canadian or what. But I don't have that nostalgic connection to NCAA or a geographical location like connection. I mean, to NCAA basketball. I don't to the WNBA either, but it was a real like when we decided to get into it we just decided to deep dive and explore Mm -hmm. and we had to go out of our way to learn more about the WNBA because we don't have a team and things like that. So,
1: yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. And especially, and I'm sure we'll get into it with the teams that were in the final, because I have such a hard time coming to terms with the fact that like, I love the entire LSU roster, but their coach,
0: not sure if I want to be supporting that. So, right. We let's yeah. talk about her actually. Yeah. So, wait, um, her name's Kim, Kim. Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey, and she uh, went viral for wearing her eccentric outfit.
1: Oh yeah, what she's done forever (laughs) yeah which
0: i did enjoy i did enjoy the outfits and then and then i was like oh like this part of me wanted to really celebrate her and then she kept screaming it's palm sunday (laughs) yeah that's like uh, quintessential kim mulkey like yeah and then i saw some article that was just like she was not supportive of like lgbtq plus students in the past including Brittany griner and
1: yeah i was just i probably retweeted that article maybe maybe
0: i probably (laughs) saw it from you honestly i probably did and then i was just like this is why we can't have nice things exactly it's literally that where like i was so excited for like angel
1: reese and the entire roster they're like such incredible young women who have gone through a lot of adversity when you look at their stories and then it's just all overshadowed by (laughs) this woman that just like any time you put a microphone to her she just digs herself further into the hole and I'm like Kim but also like
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah I mean well let's talk about Angel Reese because you know she's she's also a huge star I think and Um, Maybe didn't get as much coverage as she deserved Mm -hmm. in comparison to Caitlin Clark. But, um, you know, big controversy after the win, the championship win that she had was that Jill Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, uh, apparently decided to invite both teams to the White House because they quote both played so well and Angel (laughs) was uh insulted by that I think rightfully so and then retracted her invitation to the White House basically saying like I'll meet the Obamas instead (laughs) which honestly who wouldn't who wouldn't (laughs) want to meet the Obamas over the Bidens honestly
1: yeah and that was such like an unnecessary drama because like even like, the people on the Iowa side, like, the head coach of Iowa literally tweeted yesterday, like, no, we're not going, like, that's so weird, and it was just, again, one of those unnecessary things that, like, definitely wouldn't have happened if it was the other way around, and it's just, like, there's been so much proof, as much as, like, it's been exciting to see the game grow, and, like, exciting to see so many people cover and watch and be excited about the tournament, there's something about NCAA that, like, and I know what happens in the W, I know what happens in the NBA, but like there's something about NCAA that brings out like the worst in all of those very conservative, like white centered communities that mm-hmm. it's just like, that just gets so put on blast. And maybe it's because it's a two week tournament and everybody shows up for that, those two weeks and it's very intense, but, oh man, this week has just been like thing after thing where it's just like, oh my goodness, like you like I get that they both played well and Caitlin Clark was incredible and won every award. but like,
0: I don't know, like
1: plan a visit to go there, do something else. like don't don't do that.
0: yeah, I honestly, I, I it feels like one of those things that just wasn't very well thought out. Mm-hmm. like I think it was just like it like it felt like something my mom would say, you know, like she would just be like, let's just invite them both. They were both so great. you know yeah, I mean? like, like I obviously,
1: I don't know if like her PR team thought about. What the repercussions of that? I feel like somebody should have been like Jill. Let's not say that. Yeah, you know? like
0: no one on the team was familiar. No one on the team really had any idea. I think, and then it just became an, an error. And uh, yeah. yeah, I also think you know Angel has been um, subjected to a lot of other criticism that feels really unfair, mainly because of just her competitive spirit and energy. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's pretty awful, too. And she had this quote after she won. And I'm going to read part of it here um, Mm -hmm. because it's conveniently attached to the end of this article. (laughs) (laughs) But she says she says, you know, all year I was critiqued about who I was. I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that you all want me to to be in. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. You told me that all year. But when other people do it, you all don't say anything. Uh, she goes on to say, so this is for the girls that look like me, that want to speak up on what they believe in. They're unapologetically you. Uh, it was bigger than me tonight. I'm happy. I felt like I helped grow women's basketball. I, I feel like it, it's a she was very passionate when she said this, and it's a loaded, loaded statement. I think mm-hmm. first and foremost, there's veiled racism in the coverage of Angel Reese, which is certainly well, not appreciated by me you know like even
1: not just like veiled. there's some like blatant abrupt <laughs> like-
0: yeah, some blatant and veiled yeah fair yeah i haven't seen it all because like i said i really don't
1: mm-hmm.
0: follow ncaa fully but this was a very captivating final um yeah so some so of some overt racist coverage of angel reese which is really unfortunate and you know we've talked Freddie and i've talked on, in the past about other players speaking up about racism in terms of the coverage that players get how like white players get more favorable coverage the non-white players and w- specifically in women's basketball and it's like really sad to see that um, for obvious reasons also it just I mean, I it's uh, sorry. I'm having a hard time processing my thoughts because I think I'm just so annoyed that this happens to people. I I think too when she says like this was bigger than me tonight and I helped grow women's basketball is also a loaded statement because it just goes to show how much women's college basketball matters. Oh yeah. Um, in the grand scheme of things, in a way that I think men's basketball when men's college basketball does not matter no no especially
1: not in the grand scheme of like the league and like comparing the nba to the wnba but you think about like women's college basketball primarily in the united states because you know that's where they get you know the money to go to school and all that but you think about like if a young like woman is able to like play basketball like all of the opportunities that opens up for her and her family and all that stuff and It's, I think, a little bit more prevalent than the men because, one, like, men don't have to finish their degree to go. I think especially when, like, women's basketball, college basketball blows up, like, everybody's like, when's Caitlin Clark going to go to the draft? Like, why isn't she going to the draft? Like, you have to finish your college degree and be 22 years old in the year of the draft to um, declare. Like, and there's no go. You can't just go to college for one year and not go. And a lot of people criticize that rule but I actually think it's like somewhat smart especially now that they do NIL and it's still not fair that they don't get like paid paid but that's a whole other discussion mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. you think about how women and especially how the WMBA definitely doesn't have space for all of these women it's good that they are at least giving them incentive to finish their degrees get educations give them opportunities to go and do different things learn different degrees like you know they can choose what they study right so I it's definitely more prevalent in their case to be able to make something out of this talent that they have. And it's, you know, so great to grow that game and so great to inspire other young you know people to do that. Um, because it's, you know, it's becoming more global than anything than any time now. So.
0: That's absolutely true. And I think like, you know, the rise of people like Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark, who, you know, also deserves her flowers for having such an incredible run. Um, You know, them, their stardom will, I hope, will translate to future WNBA ratings and success. Like, I just feel like there's this weird thing where, like, they follow, you know, the NCAA because, like, maybe that's their university, that's their alma mater or something. And then it kind of falls off. And, uh, you know, looking at the ratings, I mean, the NCAA ratings are massive. Like, I believe that they had ratings. Hold on, I have it here that they had a 103% jump yep. over last year, this yep. year's NCAA women's finals. So that's yeah. huge. And, and yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No,
1: I was just going to say it's just proof that if you make it accessible to watch, people will come. Like, even two years ago when I started watching the tournament, you could not watch it in Canada. Like the only mm-hmm. reason I was able to watch it is because my dad has some like back, you know, alley Portuguese <laughs> satellite thing, you know, like you know, that yeah. like guy who comes to your house with like a weird box and just like plugs it in and then you have all the channels.
0: Um, but like yeah, well hook me up with with your, you know, <laughs> yeah, hook me up with yeah. that, yeah.
1: And so but you couldn't watch it was not on TSN it wasn't in Canada it was barely it was on like ESPN like you or whatever like the third channel of ESPN and so obviously nobody was watching it cuz you couldn't watch it unless you had some like weird stream so now like it's on TSN it's on ESPN they have a pregame show a postgame show a TSN panel that goes on top of the american coverage like there's so much more accessibility there's so much more ways to interact with you know the sport online that if you give the people the opportunity obviously we've seen now that they're going to come and they're going to interact.
0: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that and and yeah, like even with the WNBA like it hasn't really been as success uh as accessible in Canada. I think mm-hmm. recent years it's gotten better coverage and this game coming to Toronto will hopefully help as well and yeah. you know I mean, at least like League Pass exists now. So yes. that's also how I'm able to watch a lot of the games. But yeah, yeah I think a 103% ratings increase uh angel is absolutely right she did help grow women's basketball yeah there's actual evidence of that now and and hopefully that will continue to grow so i believe uh caitlin clark is eligible for the draft in 2024
1: yeah but she doesn't have to but she doesn't
0: have to no and then um and then with angel i'm not sure i think she has another two years if i'm not mistaken so yeah one year.
1: Angel Reese is a sophomore. So basically, like, the rules are a little, especially these days, because they all have an extra year of, like, COVID eligibility, which means that oh, they right. gave them all, like, so now, and I think that ends in a year or two. But anyway, the players right now have five years of NCAA eligibility, but they can also, like, because in the in America, you can get, like, an associate's degree, which is a three-year degree. So you can leave in three years if you graduate And if you're going to be 22 that year. So like Caitlin Clark isn't eligible this year, even if she did get an associate's degree, because she's not 22 until January. So she would be eligible next year, but there's a lot of rumors that she's going to push and do her fifth year with angel Reese. I believe Mm. she's a sophomore this year. So she, if she turns 22 in 2024, she is technically eligible next year. But if she does not turn 22 next year, then she's not eligible until 2025. And I don't know her exact birthday. So I,
0: can't exactly
1: tell you but it's just like a simple you know mathematical formula if you like you know you're like okay like are they three years are they going to be 22 okay and then if they want to take their extra year of eligibility because in normally it's four years you do your four years you're done right um and you can transfer to different schools now in those four years um but yeah, it's, it's usually four years and then you have to leave. But now there's five years and a lot of people will do their four years at one school and then do another year at another school. So it's just there's a lot of possibilities for them, which is great because it gives them opportunities if they didn't get recruited by like a top school in their beginning years and they have more opportunity to transfer and get seen by, you know, bigger places, change from D2 to D1, all
0: that stuff. Wow, I mean that's actually really good and I think um you know I think it matters more for them to get a full education in university because you know we've talked about like WNBA players like their post uh playing career careers and their lives after they after they stopped playing and how like like sylvia fowles decided to open up like a like a funeral home business and she's like the top yeah she's like the top rebounder of all time yeah
1: and that was just like running this funeral home and i'm like
0: okay cool yeah you know so i think it's like i think it's great in terms of just setting them up for for long-term success beyond basketball yeah um You mentioned something earlier about um, just in terms of like the WNBA and how there's only like so many spots for people because there's only so many teams. And so this system of being in the NCAA for four years uh, does give players, like you said, uh, more opportunities to grow. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gives them a chance to pursue their education. But also uh, if this game continues to grow and like the, the level of playing continues to increase in the NCAA does that become an incentive for expansion I think
1: so because you know you want the top talent to be able to play I do think like the WNBA has a bad habit of like being its own worst enemy so I don't know maybe they're not even thinking like that but Mm -hmm. I do think like either way in order for the WNBA to survive like in the long run they're gonna have to expand or like expand the rosters expand um teams you know raise a salary cap all this stuff and that's all we're seeing all of that right now obviously when we talk about super teams when we talk about how there's not enough spots for all of these big players coming up and you think about like say the 2024 wmba draft and even now the 2025 wmba draft like we're already thinking about this in the future because of the people that we're seeing and they're stacked to drafts like and i think we're seeing a little bit right now of a of. WNBA players like retiring and stuff like that so a couple spots are excuse me opening but it's not enough to sustain the talent and you're right like I'm not even sure if like one or two teams is going to help when you think about in the long run um so and it sucks to have to see these good players just have to like go to Europe or Australia or whatever when they should be playing you know competitive like good basketball here in their home country because a lot of them are from the United States so
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that just goes to show like how, you know, everyone listening to this podcast obviously supports women's basketball, (laughs) but, you know, it it just goes to show how important that is and and how, you know, we're just constantly overcoming centuries worth of bias Mm -hmm. as women and it's just, this is just a a microcosm in which to look at that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I do hope that it leads to more expansion. I mean, you have to, the ratings, I think are proof that the interest is there. Mm-hmm. I, at least I hope it is. And I hope that the, that ratings boost isn't just because of the universities themselves and that it goes beyond that. Yeah. And that, you know, players like this, if you're seeing them so young right now that you'll actually want to like follow their careers beyond university. Yeah.
1: And that's the hard part, I think, about the WNBA as it stands right now is that you have the NCAA tournament, which is getting more and more popularity. And so you want to follow these players, but then they get drafted. And basically, anybody who doesn't get drafted in like the first like 10 to 12, 15 spots in the WNBA is going to get cut from their roster. And so it like sucks that you follow this player and then they don't even get a spot on a roster. And it just like is taking away fans that could like stay and, you know, put more money into this league and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's hard i think hopefully i mean i've been seeing rumors about the nba players soon being allowed to like invest in teams and that's definitely something interesting to to think about and if that's going to change the scope of this at all
0: so yeah i mean we we just got tom brady uh investing in the Aces as if they needed more investors but you know he's he's in the mix now so yeah you know very strategical i think on his part
1: with the aces
0: specifically
1: yeah because he's a big new england guy right and who's in new england new york technically i don't think it's like specifically new england but it's close and so you have all of those people who love him coming to these aces games that are going to be in new york i just think it's like you know a little strategic based on that rivalry that's about to start is it new england like boston though it's like boston all the way down to connecticut so like Connecticut is still considered New England and New oh. York is kind of like in the mix there. Well, yeah. My sorry, whole family to to to, so sorry of- to
0: our American <laughs> listeners because I thought New England was just Boston. No, no, no. It's like that whole area. Okay, okay. Uh well, you think you would want to invest in New York then, no? Um I don't know because the like the Aces people are like football
1: people because it's like, you know, the he owns the Raiders that yes kind of stuff. yeah yeah whereas yeah. New York like he just owns like I think the Brooklyn Knights and or not the Nets not the Knights um I'm getting my teams mixed up uh the Nets and Jose, the Liberty yeah, 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 yeah so I don't okay. know if it was just kind of like the relationship that they had there I don't know but
0: yeah I think it's more a uh, relationship based but hey I love the strategic <laughs> angle I really yeah. do um okay speaking of the draft the yeah. WNBA draft is coming up it's uh happening on uh Monday April 10th uh from 7 to 9 p.m uh i am hoping this is broadcast in canada and the u.s it's on espn um mm-hmm. so look out for it um it looks like uh Aliyah boston is projected to take that number one pick um do you have any are you looking towards the WNBA draft do you have any players in particular that you are looking out for or excited to see
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been following it for a while. It's been interesting to see who is declaring and who's not, because again, of this like fifth-year eligibility, there was a lot of questions. There's been people deciding to go back to school. There's been people who we thought might stay who are going in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've been following it. It's a very interesting draft. And last year it was on Canadian broadcast, so I'm hoping, yeah, yeah, so it'll probably be again, which is good. But um, yeah, I've been following it closely. I. Alia Boston, I think, is a shoe in for the top spot, um, and then after that, it gets a little. Everybody has a different opinion, which I love. I love when, like, you know, people are draft higher than they thought they would. I love all of that. So, very curious to see, especially now that Elizabeth Kitley decided to go back to uh, Virginia Tech. I'm very curious if that makes another big player go in the lottery that you didn't expect. So, some people have been talking about Dorca has from. Um, Yukon so that would be great because I watch Yukon um you know pretty closely so it'd be nice to see her get drafted higher um and then also Lou Lopez uh Seneschal from Yukon as well like had an incredible year and is a great shooter so I think I have a feeling she might go a little bit higher than maybe she would have at the beginning of the year just because one, like she played at UConn for the year, but also just like if a team needs a really good sharpshooter and someone like Maddie Segris is already off the board, you know, I could see Lou maybe going like end of the law lo- or end of first round, early second round. So yeah. And I'm very curious to see the ordering of it. Cause I think we all have an idea of who's going to be in that first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious to see where people go. Cause there's very much like rumors going all across the board of like, this team wants this person this team wants this person so yeah I have I have a feeling every year that I've watched there's been like a shocking pick so I just I like that I want that to happen again because it's fun (laughs)
0: Yeah I actually I really enjoyed the broadcast of the draft last year like Mm -hmm. I enjoy the studio setup that they have it in I I like the like kind of like social media elements that they put into it also I just love Holly Rowe like shout out to Holly Rowe I think Holly does a great job uh, covering this sport and so yeah I'm really looking forward to it I do not like the draft lottery I don't know if you saw that snooze fest uh, that happened in November it was so dry it was like not made for broadcast in any way whatsoever. Uh, They could really use literally you and I to punch (laughs) that up. (laughs) 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 They went live, they picked the thing so they're like okay cool, that's it. Bye. Yeah, yeah. It was it was the driest thing ever. It would be like if the Oscars were presented only by the people who hold the envelopes. Yeah. Like you know how they always cut to the briefcase people every year. Imagine the whole ceremony was just them anyway.
1: Yeah. um,
0: yeah. And then like no offense to Indiana for any Indiana fans who may or may
1: not be listening to this, but I'm like, You're gonna send the Leah Boston to Indiana, really?
0: But you know Look, we've been hard on Indiana. Poor Indiana. We've been hard on Indiana. They really need to get it. Together. And maybe uh, oh, it, that's Aaliyah Boston. Who knows? Maybe it is Aaliyah Boston. You know, they're probably going to need a player of her caliber to uh bring some hope to that. I mean, we were even like weeks ago, we were even criticizing just the name like Indiana Fever. Like, no yeah. one wants a fever. This is a post COVID <laughs> era. You know it's
1: mean? like, so <laughs> true. Like, oh, I feel like
0: the team could use a little bit of a revamp
1: yeah it's frustrating and don't get me wrong they they have lynn done now so i feel like that is going to help in terms of their like organization Mm -hmm. but um yeah i agree like i whenever you watch an indiana fever like home game on league pass there's like seven people in the audience and you're like how could they afford to keep this team going i just like it makes no sense i'm like you could sell that team and send it to like portland or somewhere that's going to support women's sports you know i kind of want toronto to have their own franchise so i'm not on the team of like selling
0: it to Toronto but anyway um yeah well you know we have our we've been hyping up our game a lot here yeah uh you know Freddie and I have tickets we're trying to get media passes so Mm -hmm. fingers crossed you I, I assume you already have yours
1: they haven't come out but I'm like itching to get one
0: right yeah 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 so we yeah we applied for them hopefully we get it and we can yeah. get there, but we have we bought backup tickets in case yeah and uh yeah i'm super excited for that i got a pink suit incredible that i know i'm wear. like trying to like think about my outfit i'm, like, I'm gonna yeah. dress up i don't care i know most media they just kind of wear like jeans and a nice shirt or whatever but yeah I'm like, no i'm dressing up this is i always dress occasion. up when i go
1: to the raptors and everybody else is just wearing t-shirts and i'm
0: like i'm gonna dress up yeah. this is fun yeah so,
1: no i get
0: it yeah good yeah okay so we're, we're gonna be there we're gonna dress up uh usually we enter episodes with a freddie fun question but since mm-hmm. he's not here it's a cat it's a catherine quirky question a cqq and because chelsea you're a special guest i wanted to ask you uh because toronto we're, we're really hyping up expansion here and i wanted mm-hmm. to ask you like if you could pick the name of our WNBA team what would it be okay there's a lot of debate about this in the circles
1: um i'm
0: on i'm on team toronto huskies okay which is like
1: a very popular name that circles around but i think it's like nice like when you think about women's basketball basketball um huskies have like a big history in terms of like connecticut and that stuff it's a winter animal which is but isn't it
0: weird that it's the same thing as connecticut and Connecticut's such a big deal
1: not really because there's another college in washington that are the huskies too and it's not that big oh okay okay i think it's just like a very common like mascotty name and then like you have the history of the toronto huskies here in terms of you know you know the men's basketball team so i feel it would be fun we were the toronto
0: yeah we were the toronto huskies before we were the toronto raptors yeah uh, way back in like the 40s or 50s or something yeah
1: like when the nba first started yeah
0: yeah uh that's true yeah i do like the huskies name i feel like i get this question a lot and i never know what to say i feel like it's a really hard decision i think that's how we ended up with raptors in the first place because it's actually
1: (laughs) It's hard. And then a lot of teams that have an NBA team in the city do like a similar thing. Like you have the LA Sparks with the LA Lakers, and they have like the same kind of like color scheme. Um you know you have like the aces that are very much like vegas themed you have the liberty like i feel like it would be hard to get something that would match the theme of like raptors i'm like what are we gonna be like the tyrannosaurus rexes or something yeah you're not gonna be the
0: t-rexes you don't want to be the pterodactyls yeah like Like, you know you don't want to just be a random other dinosaur but also like
1: my biggest pet peeve is when colleges turn their mascot into like the lady whatever i'm like we're not gonna be the lady raptors absolutely not no
0: oh no yeah. we'll have to protest if that happens i will
1: 100 percent protest
0: yeah yeah i uh that would that would infuriate me yeah. um yeah but also like the huskies colorway is more like the toronto maple leafs like it's blue mm-hmm. and white um yep. as opposed to the raptors colorway so you know there's interesting things there i personally do like the black and gold mm, yeah that would be I feel fun. like that would be cool. But then that's also kind of similar to the Vegas aces. So.
1: Yeah. And like Washington just know. came out with a new Jersey last week. Cause that WNBA teams are coming out with jerseys and they all kind of sucked.
0: But um, yeah.
1: the Washington came out with a black and gold Jersey. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Cause that's the aces colorway. I don't know. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. But your team Huskies. So you said um, there's a lot of debate about this. What are the other names that are being debated right now?
1: I feel like a lot of the time it's just like joke names. Like people will come up with like something that's like Caribbean inspired or, you know, like Toronto lingo inspired. For some reason, none of them are coming to my brain right
0: now. Like the Toronto Mans? Like that? Yeah, would...
1: like something like that. Yeah. Oh, that would be um,
0: bizarre. I
1: heard once the Toronto Owls to like kind of go into like the Drake OVO theme.
0: Oh, well, if he owns it. Yeah. So if he, that en- was if another he actually one. owns it like he said he wanted to then
1: yeah but i'm like owls like that's kind of late <laughs> so... yeah well you
0: know what okay i could get on board with the owl because his ovo thing is october's very own yeah and you're in the finals in october in
1: october i don't know if i like the name like toronto owls though you'd have to like come up with something like
0: yeah, I don't cool. like I don't like I don't like the name Owls, but I I if like it was the like, idea of celebrating playing in October.
1: Exactly. If you had like the OVO inspired jersey colorway, exactly, but you named it something kind of like
0: the Liberty, where it's
1: like the name doesn't exactly. So it's just know. The, it's
0: the Toronto Ovo's.
1: Yeah, or some or you come up <laughs> with something that's like Toronto based or whatever, like yeah, kind of like the I don't know what the Toronto version of the Liberty would be, but like I don't know
0: the six. You yeah, don't but have then a statue you all- like that.
1: But then you already have the the Toronto Six hockey team. The tower. So the Toronto Six would have probably been my top choice if there already wasn't a Toronto Six in existence. Yes, yeah. yeah like, can
0: yeah. we just share the name? You all play different different times of the year. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um. Yeah, that's really cool. We'll have to um explore that more. I wonder if that'll be like questions that are asked like in media, like during the whole game. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what to ask anybody. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm there to have a good time. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny for sure. It'll be interesting to see like, yeah, what the, what the vibes are. Cause it's like, it's a preseason game. Like,
0: you know it's just yeah like- but i think all the I, I i have a feeling that all the questions are going to be incredibly uh canadian and self-indulgent yeah in that canada we want a WNBA team here sort of way yeah. like i don't think people are going to be like asking kalia copper like questions about like what her goals are this season and like her team you know I'll what i mean like it. i just yeah i think you and i are gonna have to do that <laughs> because i just have a feeling that like they're not gonna ask those kinds of questions,
1: yeah, and it's gonna be very, and especially because a lot of the media there is gonna be like big market like stuff. it's gonna be like, how would you feel if you expanded to Toronto? like would you like to come back and blah blah blah? And yeah, like that. So, I wanna
0: ask kalia Copper like, do you feel like you're in a rebuild right now? like exactly what, are, what are, you know what are your goals as the Chicago sky this season? like yeah i want to you know. ask marina
1: mabry a bunch of stuff i'm pumped that she's on yeah that like now. how do you
0: how do you feel as a leader you know yeah. like you know now that candace parker's gone i feel like like do you consider yourself the vocal leader of this team oh. see we have so many questions already right maybe. like these are questions i want to ask so exactly i'm sc- i'm scared to ask anyone anything but you know mm-hmm. I'll, give, I'll, yeah, give, yeah. I'll give i'll give it a go for sure you can my, to my but yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: gonna be like who is this bitch who's no this there's giant, gonna be people in big who's outfits this giant fine. woman in a pink suit anyway uh yeah. <laughs> chelsea thank you so much for joining us this week um Any really time. helps us keep on schedule with our show uh you know freddie i think we'll be back uh for our next episode but uh for all our listeners uh let us know uh what you're up to and where they can find you on the internet
1: Yeah I'm at Chelsea Late L-E-I-T-E on Twitter and Instagram and all that fun stuff so you can find me there. Um, I write for Raptors HQ and Windsider.com for the W season so check out Windsider too because I'm there and we're going to be live streaming a lot of the W games this season on playback so it's going to be
0: a lot of fun. Oh amazing yeah Yeah. I'll try try and uh, join in for one of those. Yeah they're super fun. Yeah sweet. Okay thank you so much. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in Uh, you can follow us on social media at the pickup wmba pod or myself at it's me underscore Catherine c-a-t-h-r-y-n or freddie rivas at freddie rivas thank you so much and we'll catch you next time bye